0: I'm really distracted because it, my cat is somewhere here purring and he sounds like a chainsaw. <laughs> it's usually my cat that's. The I know, intruder. what is going on? I was just like.
1: Who are these two cat blokes? Crazy, crazy cat, cat blokes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a, a sign of a good bloke is a cat bloke. It, <laughs> yes. it shows a sens- sensitivity that you should be proud of. <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) An ability to to deal with, you know, complexity as well. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, this cat, yeah, the cat (laughs) never gives away anything for free. That's true. Welcome, movie lovers, to That Reminds Me Of... And this episode, we're talking about the devil all the time.
0: That's Hi, right. Baron.
1: Hey, Doc. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. You excited?
0: Ah, oh, very excited. And in case you're just joining us, like you've never heard one of these before, this is the show where two guys, myself, That's Baron, us. and the Doc, um, get together, talk about films and the films that those films remind us of, thus the title. Uh, it's full of spoilers because we just we just like to go right from beginning to end and talk about all the stuff that happens without any, you know, blockers. Uh, so if you haven't seen it before, check it out, or just listen on. And if you're happy with spoilers, that's a
1: good intro, Baron. I think we should use that every episode, <laughs> <laughs> or some uh, some dodgy variation of it to deal. Sweet. So the the devil all the time. I, I really was excited about this. It looked really cool in the Netflix queue. What what we me too. What I can feel Put you your tiptoeing emotional around some stuff, <laughs> some baggage. Uh, yeah, you can feel me tiptoeing around. I it. can feel you tiptoeing around it. Maybe I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to give a an unbiased start to the show. And, Excellent. Good. And um, we can we can work on what we feel like good kind of felt about it later. Awesome, <laughs> great.
0: Well, look, I was looking forward to it too. It's there's a killer cast in this film. Yep. It's uh. It, the trailer is really intriguing, you and and it promises a lot of period depression era goodness. You know, like there's the you, mm. you get a feeling that the vibe of it from the trailer
1: is this is going to be a well crafted film. And what do they call it? Something noir. I can't remember what the. I don't know. I heard a couple of adjectives, sort of, you know how you have um shabby chic and all yes. of this, uh industrial folksy. Uh, there were two two different descriptors um put together to describe it can't remember what they were
0: interesting i don't know what i don't know what you call it either but it's um becoming particularly on platforms like netflix i think you're getting a lot more of these period piece films mm. from around i don't know what are we talking about kind of like 30s to 50s or something or like in those zones you there's more and more mm. of these films popping out yeah when was this like this would be it was later than that, wouldn't it? I think you're probably right. Actually, this is just before Vietnam. Vietnam, is, wasn't so... it? So I think it does start in the early '50s and ends in the '60s somewhere. That's my that's my feeling because it, it takes okay. place over about
1: ten years, I think. Yeah, that's how perceptive I am. I, I didn't didn't even really <laughs> put my finger on the timeline at all. Yeah, yeah, that's funny, isn't it? This sort of film,
0: this storyline, could happen in almost any time. Mm. It's there's. There's that, particularly in the place that part of the world that it is, yeah. Which is that Middle America, um, small town vibe, high, really religious.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's right. I think you can you can get confused. You know, I'm just trying to talk myself um, into some credibility here, but you can get confused with the small town vibe versus the olden day vibe. I think like so. They're both sort of a bit similar, aren't they? Like a small yeah. town feels like it's stuck in the past. Yeah, I Always. think that's why this feels earlier mm. than the 60s, this film. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, should we try to pull together a synopsis for this film? Yes, let's start with that. And I think let's it's your turn. Manage. So, you have a crack and I'll save you if you, <laughs> okay. if you stumble. <laughs> I think you might have to save me a lot this time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know
0: what, what a good saviour I can be. <laughs> the film is really following a family. It starts with a father... Who's returned from the war at the beginning of the film to a little town that the narrator tells you is um,
1: Knockemstiff. N- knock knock Knockem. Knockemstiff. Knockemstiff. Yeah, I, that's it. It's such a it's such a great name for a town. But it's it's a real town. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I think so.
0: So this this guy returns from the war. He's uh, seen atrocities. He's seen a, a soldier crucified. In, mm. this is the korean war and um he comes back and he's uh just sort of traumatized by that but quite keen to start a family and get on with his life yep. and something about that that crucified soldier carries through it's almost like the theme of religion from the beginning through to the end is is the strongest in this film and it's it's kind of the saviour of the people in some respects, but really a curse for this family because it Mm -hmm. just seems the whole way through religion's the thread. And basically you follow the soldier who um, has a child and then slowly all the people in that link of the story die through tragedy and the child becomes an orphan who's raised by his grandparents and uh, from the beginning doesn't believe in God because of all the awful things that have happened to him. But um, everyone around him does, and what you then get is this little uh, sort of lock, stock, and two smoking star, uh, barrel style setup with a whole bunch of characters in this town who kind of cross paths, and mm. you know by the end of the film they're all gonna collide and and implode, but you don't know how it's gonna happen. The boy makes his way through this situation with all these characters, becoming a man along the way I think that's a really sort of not specific
1: uh synopsis but <laughs> yeah that's 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 a synopsis trying not to spoil which yes is, which is a a good synopsis um the like I, I guess there's there's that central narrative isn't there and then as you said there's all these subplots that are hard to hard to bring together but one is the orphans I suppose it's sort of his stepsister it's his father's yeah stepsister so I suppose yeah, it's yeah. history repeating, isn't it? You it know, is. Um, they both live with the stepsister, and we follow her story. And she she has a, run, a unfortunate kind of run in with the local preacher that comes into the town. That becomes a subplot of its own. Yeah, there's a whole subplot about her parents and how she be, she came to be orphaned. Uh, and then there's this other crazy subplot where you've got this couple going around hunting for vulnerable young men. To, to basically photograph them in sexual poses and then murder them. And all of these come, join up ultimately um, with Spider-Man as the, the central figure. <laughs> That's right. Being That's Tom right. Tom
0: Holland. Tom Holland. And I think he's good in this. I actually enjoyed his performance. it was a, He played a sort of subtle variation of a hick and mm. and I thought that was that was done well.
1: Yeah. Well let, let's start with him. I I thought he was great too. I yeah. thought he was a real backbone of the whole movie and kind of had so much so much energy inside him, didn't he? Like you could see his face twitching with with what was going on in yeah. his head. And I don't know uh I don't know if
0: I've followed all of the films that Tom Holland's made, but I know there's been yeah. a lot of sort of Marvel style action films and so on that have that have been in the mix, and I, this feels like a meaty role. Like maybe yep. he took it as that this is a role he could really own um, that was more
1: dramatic, and I, I think he nailed it. But um, we've we've talked objectively so far. Yeah. What were your impressions? What was your emotional response to this film once <clears throat> you saw it? <laughs> well, I'm not a guy that stops a film halfway through
0: generally. Oh, this is not this if is I, not going well so if, far. If I commit to a film. I'm yeah. gonna watch it all, and I did watch it all, don't worry, <laughs> but I really wanted to turn it off halfway through and and pretty much walk away i was I was very close to calling you and saying, I don't know, man. I don't know, doc, um, because it just yep. it was a, it was such a hard watch for me. I found yep. the whole thing to be so meandering and long and pointless in some sections that it just <laughs> really, really. Just, it was tough to watch. And I say that with, like, I really don't want to be hard on any of the people involved in this film because so many of them I can, like, I just think are awesome, right? Just a great cast. There's a great filmmaking team behind it. But I just don't think the film has worked that well, you know? What were your general thoughts? Interesting.
1: Um, Did you love
0: it? I want to hear you say you loved it. (laughs) I
1: was furious with it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I didn't like it at all. I had very similar uh very similar response to you. And the length the length doesn't help, does it? Oh, it's you so know. long. It's so long and it doesn't need to be. I think I've diagnosed the one fatal flaw and I don't know if you have too. Maybe we're we'll be on the same wavelength with this, I'm not sure. But like firstly it felt like a, a great story that was badly told somehow. Yes. Um and we should we should say that it was based on a novel. Yes, is it the same title? I I've got the author's name here, I Donald think Ray it, Pollock. It is the, it is the same title. Yeah. And I think the fatal flaw in the whole film relates to the fact that it was a novel and the narration in it. I I, I was literally livid oh, through the whole I couldn't thing wait to hear at you the talk narration.
0: About couldn't wait to hear you talk about that. I was really. I've got so many questions for you about narration and
1: what and what your thoughts are. Well. Look, we can we can talk about narration in general, firstly. And yeah. I'm when 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 having the narration in film conversations, I'm often sticking up for narration, and I'm often in the narrations corner, saying, "Yeah, yeah, I know film. You've got you. It's a different medium, and you're meant to do things, you know, in the filmic way. But yeah. narration, if it if it's done right, it can really, it can really." cut against you know what the image is doing and i stand by that but this is not an example this is just the the a to z of how to do narration badly to me i agree man i totally agree it really really bothered me and i wanted to
0: talk to you about it because i'm the same as you in most in with most of this argument that i think narration like anything if you do it well is great like mm. and people some people love particularly film students I think you know I don't know I love, if continues love canning it they love to can it and I don't know yeah. if this continues on to like when you know if you're in Hollywood you're working with the top of the game people mm. but they, they just love to can it and in yet there's so many great examples of how of, of when it's worked and when you when you get great mm. narration it's it's awesome it adds
1: so much to the film yeah. so there's no there's, rule no there's no rule and it, mm. it annoys me when people bag it just out of hands my response to it was early on I thought oh I'm always on my guard when I hear it open with narration and I'm always super tuned in to to seeing, okay, are they going to do it well or not? I I wasn't enjoying it, but I thought, okay, if we just get over this first act hurdle, you know, when they're the historical type stuff and if they stop it then and it was like contained to that storybook sort of start, I thought, okay, I I could live with that. But when when it continued into act two, three, four, five, six and seven, Yes. I was just dismayed. Tom had never eaten a peach so great. It reminded
0: it, him of the summers yeah. of his
1: youth. <laughs> it's it's so yes. true. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 there were times when it foreshadowed what was going to happen. Yeah. And there were times when something happened and then it would just explain it. And yeah. no. Look, I remember there's a there was a scene where your looking at Robert Pattinson's um, character and him doing all these evil things, and we can co- we can come to him later, uh, and it's pretty clear that someone's watching him. It's pretty clear that it's Tom Holland. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. well, actually, this wasn't a problem with the narration. This goes beyond the narration and just to the fact that it has to explain itself several times because then in the dialogue, Tom Holland says, Something like, yeah, I've been watching you for two weeks, and I thought, no, you don't. We you don't we know need to say that. Yeah. We know you have been
0: because this this filmmaker Antonio Campos doesn't really strike me as a like that, and I haven't seen any of the other films, but I've mm. heard I've heard things about them, and yeah. he
1: doesn't strike me as that kind of filmmaker. Maybe for the Netflix audience. So this is a Netflix film. It Doesn't have to be, but it's, it wants to reach a large audience, and it deals <laughs> with dark <laughs> themes. Yeah. So it's making it supposedly making it easier. Yeah. For me thought. For me it didn't make it easier. It wore me down. It like really it made me tired. Um with the just the emotional energy of being mad at it for not respecting me enough to understand what they're trying to say. And like one of the
0: things about Netflix, this is the whole one of the appeals, other than they're making a lot of films and they've got a lot of money, but the, the, you don't have executives, studio executives, breathing down your neck, mm-hmm. right? You can go and the, the thought is or the, the word is that you can go get your, you know, reasonable budget. It's not huge, but you mm-hmm. have a lot of freedom that comes with it. That's generally the thing you hear about Netflix. And it feels like the filmmakers were trying to please executives that weren't even there, you know.
1: That's what I was going to say. I don't think they're trying to please the executives I think they probably did have freedom and I think it's the author of the novel perhaps and, oh. uh, and the try, trying to stay true to the novel that maybe has done it. That's just my guess because he 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 voiced it as well. Right. And a little too I, close
0: to the project maybe.
1: And you can imagine if you've if you've written a novel that you're proud of. I, ha- I haven't read it but I can imagine how it would be a good read because it's, mm. it's it's not a bad story. That's right. You get
0: that sense, don't you? That there's Yeah. That actually, there's a lot that's in the novel that
1: they've sort of tried and failed at getting across through the film. Exactly, but if you if you're too close and you think that the the story exists in the words and the words only, then. I can see how that mistake would be made.
0: It felt to me like this novel what you're actually reading is the inner worlds of each of these characters. So if you, mm-hmm. if you're going to read this novel, you're going to you're going to jump over to, you know, the psycho serial killer couple and you're going to be in the in the the woman's mind and she's under the thumb of this crazy dude. And and while they're committing all these murders, you know, you're hearing her thoughts on like how yeah. she's going to escape and how much, you know, but she kind of loves the guy, but she doesn't, she, you know, all that sort of stuff that would be amazing. It'd be such a great read. And mm. none of it comes through in the film. And I think they tried to get some of it across through narration rather than through just good character stuff. And the mm. reason that you don't get all the good dialogue and the good character stuff is because... There's like too many there's too many stories going on. There's sort of seven different threads and mm. not enough time spent on each
1: to to be able to actually dig into any of them. Well I'd I'd tentatively challenge that a little because I think that the narration problem is so is such a big one mm. that if you simply cut out the narration, I think you'd improve the film right there. And yeah. the, like I for one would would not have been as frustrated with it if it was just a straight cut of that audio track. That would be a great start. That's a minimum. Mm. I think you could easily
0: do that and you could probably cut a good 20 minutes out of the film. And oh, hell yeah. 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 Cut some out. And you'd probably straight away, performances and the amount of time spent on characters aside, you'd straight away have a, a much better film. But I, I had a really, I don't know, I just had a really strong feeling that part of the issue of this was that we were jumping back and forth. Yep. And it's that kind of multi-protagonist stories i've forgotten what they call them but you know like to write one of those is really tricky to give each Mm. character enough time to actually become to lift off the page and become real is really tricky and i don't think that they succeeded in that i don't think they got that that right
1: yeah i i agree but not as strongly what frustrated me was that there were there were several parts of the films and performances and ideas that i actually bought into and i thought were well done yeah uh and it was just so frustrating that I, I saw them undone at every turn. Um, yeah. What did you like? What were the bits that, that stuck out to you, if you can name a few? Performance-wise, I think there's some great performances. So Tom Holland is one. Yeah. Uh, but even more so, Bill Skarsgård. Yeah, I agree. really, really enjoy watching him. I think the that first section of the film, he, he was captivating. And his character I thought was complex. Um the relationship with um Oh uh Charlotte, I think, but I can't remember the actor's name. She was great. She, she was really good. Their relationship was authentic and wonderful and that played off his, you know, angry, violent faith really well. Yeah. And that and and even how that, that section ended with the abruptness of all that violence when We've known him as being a, a pretty good man, yeah and then he 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 does all these unex, inexplicable things. It all happens suddenly and you really see it from the perspective of the um, Tom Holland character and I think that whole whole part of it did the heavy lifting really for his character because you're as you're watching him for the rest of the film, you're you really have a sense of what his background is. Yes, you know, I think that was actually the the strongest and most taught storyline
0: in there mm-hmm. was the father's storyline, yeah. right from the war through to having a kid and and trying and a wife and trying to provide a living for them through to her dying from cancer and then him turning back to God, and like all of that, I think that whole that whole storyline was wonderful. It, it was, was after that yeah. that I had
1: a real issue with it. Yeah, it, and and yet that's when the film started. Yeah. Yes. You know, um, like it, it noticeably began when Tom yeah. Holland arrived. That's true. And we'd gone 45 minutes or something. So
0: it's, I think that's the scariest thing, right? If you have a book that you love mm. and you want to adapt it, I just think it would be terrifying that sort of possibility that you might fuck it up. There's this mm. thing you love and you just turn it into a film that's not great. And that's the thing about this film is like it's not – it wasn't bad. And it mm. but it felt very mediocre and it just and because of that ah, it's mediocre is such an awful word but like because of <laughs> that that kind of it is mediocrity it's just sort of the middle of the road it's playing it super safe the, yeah. there's just nothing great to take away from it uh, you have to really look like you have to go oh that performance that's a great performance you know that was shot okay <laughs> but that little <laughs> sequence there was great you know like that's kind of what you have to do if you want to be fair um, to the effort that goes into a film, but just like, it's going to be forgotten by people. It's just not a, it's not a standout. Did you, can you point to anything you liked? Yes. Things that I liked. We've already talked about that first act. I thought that Mm. was, that was the best part of the story in terms of just from beginning to end storytelling of, of one arc. Yep. The casting choices were really great, but just sort of underused. Like they weren't really used to their full potential beyond that. I don't have a lot that's overly positive. Like there are things that I think worked, but I don't know if that's enough, you know? <laughs> I haven't read any reviews that are just like, I love this film. Uh, and the thing is, is like, there's so many there's so many great films coming out now. Mm. Uh, there always are, but just there's a lot of good Netflix and other streaming content that, that's happening that there's a lot of, I feel like that gap in the middle, it feels quite wide at the moment. Like there's just a lot that's just like middle of the road and not that fantastic.
1: This threatened to be one of the good ones. I think yeah. that's perhaps we're judging it harshly because it, totally. uh, you know, it felt like it was part of this, you know, the the new age of wonderful television or Netflix movies. <laughs> you know, it's harder to talk about a film that doesn't gel than it is to talk
0: about anything else. You know, like when it's just sort of not, a, you know, none of it's really worked great, but you can't mm. really p- pinpoint any of it as being awful. That's the hardest, you know, to
1: cover. Well, you want to try and pinpoint things that are awful. Like we've said narration. I think we both fundamentally agree on that. Was there anything yes. else that really irked you? Uh, I mentioned? really,
0: you know what, we, we've, so one of the films we've uh, talked about is The Lighthouse. Robert Pattinson was in that mm-hmm. and he delivered a great performance. Yep, let's I was talk about really, him. I was so bothered by his performance <laughs> in this film. Like I just, everything that he brought to The Lighthouse that was great, yeah. all the character work that he brought to it this felt like he was trying to do a new like trying to bring a new character but yes. the development wasn't there like it was just felt really thin and it didn't work at all for me like the accent uh, mm. just all of the nuance of the character just just yeah
1: it felt it felt really off well the, the the tragedy is that i think really off is what they were going for right. in a way yeah but it was just there was no subtlety to it at all, other from the other than from the very start when you're not quite sure which way he's going to go with the um, the chicken livers. Yes, you, you're not sure if he's if he's going to say they're the <laughs> yes. best or the worst. Uh, that was a good. That was a good little scene. I liked that one. I thought that was. It was. Because the idea there was, was great. Bloody ambiguity and yeah, it you had to think and wonder. Uh, but then once they gave it away, he was just completely evil, creepy, like no, <laughs> yeah. nothing to think about. Like he's no. just, uh, And I, I don't think, I, I wasn't thrilled with his performance either, but I don't think he had much subtlety to work with anyway, so I wouldn't put it all down to him. And you know what? Probably
0: anything that he brought to the table and said, "Hey, I think we can mm. do this." I have a feeling that he might have been turned down. Yeah. Nah, um, nah, you'll
1: be right, mate. Nah, just yeah, just keep do it, it this
0: way. Follow this. We're going for a <laughs> we're going for a certain subtlety here, which is also code for bland and boring. Sometimes, you know,
1: like yeah. Anyway, what did you make of the uh, of that of the subplot with the um, the crazy killer couple?
0: Uh, I was I was intrigued to see where that was going to go early on. Yeah. I thought it. I mean, we we've seen that sort of Bonnie and Clyde thing before. Or, um, what was it called Natural Natural Born Killers? Yeah. That that sort of vibe. But um, this, I just it felt like it was. They were just trying to do the do the Bonnie and Clyde thing. Like there wasn't a lot of extra attention or nuance brought to it. Um, and. I thought both characters were well played like the acting was was mm. good but that kind of inevitable thing that Tom Holland's character was going to end up in the car with them just was just so obvious
1: and it irritated me irritated the hell out of me when when it happened yeah it just that that was a problem for a lot of things wasn't it just yeah. too obvious no place for wonder or you know anxiety about what's going to happen cuz you just you know and just wondering how they're going to do it
0: also what an opportunity for and and just like that they they basically got Tom Holland's character in the car and then mm. he sees the gun in the back in the back of the pants and he gets himself ready and shoots him and that's mm. it. You know what I mean? Like w- they could have so easily gotten a fully Tense, crazy scene of like them on a towel together, it's posing <laughs> naked, with a gun to his head. Like they could have gone so many more interesting ways. And yeah. it just like none of that played out. It was just the most bland, obvious way of
1: sort of finishing that that little sequence off. That's so true. But in um just to balance the ledger a little bit. Yep. With the one of the other uh Little um, storylines that they had with the preacher, you know, the crazy preacher that has the spiders on his, you know, <laughs> yeah, that a guy, jar yes. of spiders on his head, and he really looks like a creepy Co- dude. What an actor! He's great as well. He's he's great, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and well, firstly, I was really frustrated with the um, the obviousness of him killing his wife. Yeah. So that was another one that just was just too obvious. They could have given you a little bit of suspense, but, but they didn't. However, from the moment he kills the wife and then starts saying, resurrect her, resurrect her. Uh, I, I yeah, quite liked good. that. I didn't expect I liked that. I too. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, that was the, the start of the redeeming, the redemption of him. Uh, and. And that continued in the scene with the crazy couple. I thought the scene with them and him was quite well done. Um, Yeah, I agree. He being this creep and he's being told to basically, you know, go and have fun with the guy's wife and he sticks to his guns. and, And I think it's a real redeeming moment. It played against what you thought might happen.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. There were you know there were there were tons of moments like that through the film mm. and yet I think it they they get lost in all the others in the all the minutes that, in all the minutes of the film exactly all the minutes and all the other moments that don't that don't hit it with you that you just and of course those are the things you're going to come away with yeah yeah it's a shame
1: you mentioned casting before um did you have any other other casting choices or Performances that you. I think you've like?
0: nailed the top one. Um, Jason Clark, who's who's the serial killer husband mm-hmm. or boyfriend, uh, is the other great actor from that group. And I think he yep. he did a good job. He did a fine job, but he mm-hmm. didn't have a great character to work with, you know. Um, or there was something. Yeah, there was some element missing
1: there. But he did a fine job of it. Motivation, maybe. Maybe motivation. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. For being such a creep, we want to at least have some sense. <laughs> that's,
0: that's right. That's right. Um, I thought the young, the young. What's the car- uh, Arvin Russell is the main character. I thought the young boy who played him did a, did a good job as well. Yeah, he true. was convincing. I just I keep coming back to this idea that like what we're missing from this mm. is that this book worked because you had a real sense of who these people were, their inner voices and yeah. their place in the world in this in this creepy little town in the middle of nowhere and that's what that's what would have made the book great and of course none of that comes through in the film yeah and there's nothing an actor can do about that if it's not there on the page and the and it hasn't been talked about you know beforehand there's only yeah. so much they can they can do
1: i've i've always thought that a a a great book makes a bad movie and a bad book makes a great movie wow yeah, wow, um, I have to think about that one a bit because yeah all the all the juice in a book is in the the subtext and the interior stuff the, you know the psychological stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in a movie it's usually plot driven and a plot driven book like bores me. maybe too deep for this time it's, of night. It's too deep. <laughs> <laughs> but we should get on
0: to some remind me ofs, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, do you want do you want to get started?
0: Yeah, so I've got one right in front of me. Uh, I've read this recently. Cormac McCarthy, Child of God. I think ah. I've mentioned it once before, but the sort of desperate poverty and mm. that kind of the bad things that happen in little towns in the middle of nowhere that are going through, mm. you know, that kind of poverty. That's what this book is. Like it's just it's just all the depraved things. That can happen in a in a town, and there's seemingly, the the thread is just, you know, not even there almost. Like it's there's one character that you come back to every now and again, and you're slowly sort of tracing his his line to the end. Mm-hmm. However, it takes the most meandering little, you know, way there. You know, stopping by a farmer over here and what he's doing with his family, and then jumping town to the cops, and it does that, and that that's exactly what this film felt like, you know. Yeah. It felt like it had come from a similar source, something similar to this.
1: Yeah, I think you mentioned that one when we were talking about the road.
0: Yes, that's right. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I hadn't, I hadn't intended to talk about this one, but a book for me was uh, Flannery O'Connor, the the author um, who wrote a book called Wise Blood, and that felt very similar too. In the same way, it's kind of a lot of weird hick sort of characters and a real sense of religion gone wrong you know um within the storyline so people doing bad things um due to a perverted version of religion perfect i was trying
0: to think of i was trying to think of a film that had this same sort of theme of a curse of religion going through it and I couldn't I could not think of any. I was curious to see if you had any that came to mind. Um but yeah, that's that's sort of what I was searching for because that mm. to me feels like the really strong theme in this film.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, religion gone wrong. Um I I know I've just had one, but I'll let me have another one while we're on the topic. Yeah. <laughs> uh you were looking for perhaps an an older film. I think I found what you're looking for, but in a current Netflix series, Ooh. and that's Raised by Wolves. Hey, which, that's great. Yeah, so we won't spoil that one. But yeah, one of the yeah, that's great. One of the themes of that is is religion um, versus yes. atheism, and and the things that are done in the name of religion are, can be pretty awful.
0: I mean, I I love this theme this is a mm. theme that I really care about because I think it's cause it's the cause of so many of the world's woes. Right. And we need more films that are exploring it. Uh, I just, I wish they had done a better job of, of mm. maybe making it feel more driven by the minds of, and hearts of men than as opposed to just sort of random acts of God. Like this whole yeah, film yeah. just feels like religion is a curse and it's, it's fallen upon this family in this town and anything could happen. You could be picked up by some serial killers on the side of the road and or you could have a, a priest that's just raping all the young girls in town. Mm. But like the, it, there's no like cause and effect to that. It just feels like, oh, you're praying to God? Okay, these <laughs> things will now happen to you. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And it, there's even a moment in the film where the father, the... um. Senior, um, he basically the
1: fa- which which fa- the um Skarsgård father. Yes,
0: yeah, Skarsgård. So the father of the main character, mm. he writes a postcard home saying, "I've decided to start praying again," and like it seems like the next day his wife has
1: cancer, and yeah, then that's true. and then their lives just just completely go down the drain. It's 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 not very it's not a very subtle comment about religion, is it? No. And I not very sort been. of like
0: it's not really founded in anything. You know, like there's no feeling that because the people of mm. the town are crazy, that's why these things are happening. Or because mm. there's two factions and they both disagree with each other, that's why these things are happening. It's no, it's just like, well, these things are happening now because you're praying to God. That's like literally all I could take away from from most of it, you know? Yeah.
1: Cause they're act because the acts are so random. Um, have I done two in a row? Yes, you have. Yeah. Sorry. Well, well, no, hang on. I want to do three in a row now. Do do three in a row <laughs> while we're on the topic. <laughs> yes, I just keep um, off the cuff ones. Uh, Corpus Christi that we watched as part of the film Ooh. festival. Uh, I hope you weren't yeah. going to say this. It's just on the same theme, so I thought. No. Let's let's throw it in there. Uh, the story of a a priest, or a, you know, an, an imposter priest, I suppose, coming into a into a small town. And the just the theme of religion and how that can be, um, you know, not necessarily always a, a good thing, but that was an example of it done well, yeah? really well. Yes, because everything feels motivated, and
0: it's all it's actually all motivated around human little like the politics in the town and the interrelations that are going on there, and it's got nothing to do with God in a way. Um, whereas right. this this is the other way around perfect
1: yeah, yeah perfect point it's it's mm. about the complexity of that the complexity of that preacher that priest in that case yes it's you can really feel the human struggle inside him in this film there's there's not, no struggle he's just you know a caricature yeah absolutely
0: mm. that's such a shame we've got such great mm. actors that, Although, in fairness, exactly... the other preacher is
1: a, is a lit is a little bit sort of uh, tortured and hard to yes pin down. He is,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and he's probably one of the more interesting characters. I think I've already mentioned Cra- uh, uh, Babel. Did I mention Babel or Crash? No. I can't remember. One of those or Lockstock. But that but though, that sort of <laughs> you've just given me three again. You're trying Sorry. to catch up. Whichever one it was that I mentioned, <laughs> those are the other two. So I've got Crash, Babel, <laughs> Lockstock, and two smoking barrels as like just references for those uh, multi-protagonist stories where all the paths cross, but somehow by the end, they've all been neatly tied up in a bow. Uh, But all three of those films are better than this one by a long way. Um, Yeah, it's crazy. I was trying to therefore... So I had that in mind, and I was thinking if you had took that plus sort of a curse of religion or a religion gone wrong film, what do you have? And it's this. I don't think there are any others that I can think of. Um, so I kind of got stuck there. Uh, the other one I hadn't had sort of in the back of my mind was Brokeback Mountain. And it was for no other reason than I think we had mm. this sense of a small town stuck in time. Mm. And these were the things that happens to, to people in that, in that town at
1: that time. I think you've mentioned Brokeback Mountain before. I can't remember which. I can't remember it was either. For. Like I love I,
0: it. I love Brokeback Mountain and I love Ang Lee.
1: I just think Ang Lee is the best. Yeah, so true. he's great. That was, I can't a, that wait was for... a great film, really, wasn't it? So yeah. like obviously the subject matter was was out there for the t- at the time, I remember it. Yeah. Um but just the way it was presented was really Yeah. really novel. What a
0: masterful filmmaker. I just wish we saw more more from him.
1: I can't think of his whole catalog, but I, I can think of a few goodies. Well, he's
0: also done things like he's gone from so you know th- films like Brokeback Mountain through to you know this Crouching Tiger in there mm. and there's L- The Life of Pi, which is just almost the opposite of Brokeback Mountain in terms I've, of the filming. I haven't filmmaking. seen The Life of Pi. Yeah, no. it's just this visual extravaganza, you know.
1: Any other remind me elves for you? A quick shout out to the Coen brothers. Uh, somewhere. I think this is somewhere between a bad version of a oh, brother, where art that art thou, and a bad version of No Country for Old Men. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That's what it is. Yes, no, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, both of those are great. the The former, when the um when the first preacher came in and they started doing the dance, the the, yep. the music number in the in the church. Uh, that's when. I first thought, yeah, this is Coen Brothers Gone Wrong.
0: I love it. You know what it reminded me of a little bit as well was There Will Be Blood. You know, that kind of small town, crazy, almost fanatical Christian religious preacher stuff, you know? I
1: I can't think of it. I'm sure I've seen that.
0: That's the Daniel Day Lewis, um, Paul Thomas Anderson film. It's the one with the uh, I Will Drink Your Milkshake line with their... That, which everyone does memes of. Maybe I haven't seen it. Okay, on the list. <laughs> on the list. Oh, it's incredible! It's incredible. But then again, when you when you put uh, when you put PTA and his character work up against any other film, almost it's mm. it's you know that's a crazy comparison.
1: Let alone this one.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and the other thing I thought of a little bit was Thelma and Louise. I just um, had this sense of also a much <laughs> a much better film than, yeah. than a lot of other films really but just this sense of um this impending doom and this drive towards that mm. and all the things that happen along the way are just more crap that's sort of heaped on and on on the way to like the the end which is you you know is not going to be good
1: yeah that's a good one yeah yeah you you know where he's going and mm-hmm. uh it's like it's fate and he just can't can't stop moving in that direction oh. And there's sort of visual parallels somehow in the in the couple in the car, sort of driving around as well. Yeah. Not, not thematically, but I think there's there's something about them as well that is is kind of that they are going to get caught. They're leaving. Um, he's got a dark room in the in his house with all the pictures that are evidence, and she drops a picture on the floor, and her brother, her creepy cop brother, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. picks a, picks it up. So there's there is something inevitable about, about their them getting caught as well. Yeah, that's right. And I, there might even be a clue in the narration right at the start. I,
0: I can't even remember. A clue? But like the there's, no, there's no
1: clues in the narration. There's only answers. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> it,
0: it it felt like the kind of film where the, where the narrator might have said, you know, um, <laughs> here's here's Bob and Holly, and in 10 years they're going to be dead. Yeah, or Whatever, you know. <laughs> it just says yeah. right up front.
1: Yeah. That's a risky maneuver when they do that. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got. You got anything else? I'll, I'll finish it with one anti reference. Ooh, an anti reference. We love an anti reference. I think that that's probably will mark the end of it. Um, and it's the film we talked about last week, Thinking of Ending Things. And I want to end where we began on this one, talking about the narration. Thinking of Ending Things is the perfect example to me of narration just done perfectly. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, the film also started with narration, but it completely it it provided another level of meaning. It cut against what was happening in the film. It made you think one thing when the other thing was true. You know, it mm. that was just beautiful, and that's that's why I'm always in narration's corner, and I feel narrations let me down this time. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, that's
0: a beautiful way to end this. And I think you're right. Like, it's not about the rule of never do narration, but just you gotta treat it respectfully. Like all the elements in the film. You have to really think about it if you're gonna use it. I love that as a as a final thought. (laughs) Um, because I think that is one of the big problems of this film. And we've got uh Enola Holmes next week. Might as well just say it because I know it's Ah. it's out on Netflix today. So we're gonna we're gonna do that
1: next. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I've seen the trailer. It looks pretty cool. Um yeah. I, I can't quite tell. It could go either way, but so could anything. Absolutely.
0: And it's it's another one that I can watch with my daughters, which is fun because we've only yep. had a couple of those
1: so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh until Enola Holmes, I'll I'll see you later. See you next time, Doc.